Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. If you look around, you can see the first signs of spring. But we still have lots of dark and cold ahead of us. UW professor Mila Titova says focusing on making your space homey can improve your mental health during the final stretch of the so-called big dark. I'll talk with her about that in a minute. But first, let's get you caught up. The Seattle City Council passed an ordinance adding caste to the city's anti-discrimination laws. The first in the nation ban on caste discrimination was proposed by Shama Sawant and passed 6 to 1. Sarah Nelson was the only no vote. It now heads to Mayor Bruce Harrell. The Hindu American Foundation and the Coalition of Hindus of North America opposed the measure. They say it unnecessarily singled out a community already vulnerable to discrimination in the U.S. Another reminder that the backcountry is beautiful but dangerous. Search and rescue officials say three people were killed after being buried Sunday in an avalanche outside of Leavenworth. It happened as six people were touring on the snow on Kolchuk Peak in the Alpine Lakes Wilderness Recreation Area. Another member of the group was injured but was successfully evacuated by search and rescue. Some were able to hike down themselves. Avalanche conditions there were rated as moderate with a warning for later. Later in the day. And in his State of the City address, Mayor Bruce Harrell says it's time to focus on Seattle's future, especially downtown. Harrell restated the idea that the city's downtown core may not return to exactly what it was pre-pandemic, but it still has the potential to be an economic engine and cultural hub for the city. To that end, the mayor says he'll introduce a downtown activation plan in the next few months with ideas about how to bring people back to the area, including an expanded public public safety approach. When Jalou Zaveri moved to Seattle, the rainy, cold, dark months were an adjustment. India is a tropical country. In Bombay, we just mainly have two weather, hot and hotter. I've never experienced gray skies or whole dark weather uh, before I moved to the U.S. To help Jalou makes a point of visiting India during the particularly dark and rainy stretch in January and February. But she's still in Seattle during much of the so-called big dark. So when she can't fly back to India, she relies on a familiar ritual she grew up with. You know, in India, when I grew up, we would have like chai in the morning and chai in the evening. And chai was just not having a cup of chai. But my entire family would gather around for that cup of chai and my mom would prepare either something like really fresh hot snack or something or we would have some you know other biscuits and stuff like that and we would talk like the whole purpose of having that chai was to talk and people would tell what happened or what they plan to do if it's in the morning or what happened during the day if it was in the evening and you sort of felt very comforted. Now that she's in the U.S. the chai ritual continues and with it a feeling of home and familiarity. It gets dark and when you have those spices, you have that little bit of caffeine, it just lifts you up. The process of preparing and drinking chai also creates a space for Jalu to connect with her partner where they can talk. So every morning after I leave my son at school, I'll make a nice cup of chai and we'll have some flatbread or a toast and we talk things that, you know, we can't discuss when my son is around. And I make sure that we keep that half an hour to ourselves so I don't schedule any meetings or anything 
during that time. And I think it's very important. We as a couple connect over that cup of chai. So I try to continue that. And in the evening, you know, if I'll call friends over and I'd love to, like whenever they come over to my place, I tell them come during the chai time so we can sit first talk for a while and then, you know, we can do whatever we want to. This is particularly critical for Jalu during the winter months when she needs a reminder of home. A part of your heart always is in India, like because of family, essentially. Creating a sense of home for yourself is beneficial to your mental health, according to UW professor Mila Titova. She says it's not just about physical location. It's about family memories and so many other things. It's personal. Mila says there are two main components that go into a feeling of hominess. Connection to our own identity and personality and just making it a little bit of our own, where our interests, our hobbies, our values are kind of displayed in our space. And then the other one is really embracing those social connections. Again, inviting people into your space or uh, inviting things that remind you of people in in your space um, as well is something that kind of will help create that hominess feeling in um, the space that you occupy. Seattle is a city of transplants. Mila says it's particularly critical for people who move from somewhere else to be intentional about creating a sense of home for yourself in your space. When we move a lot, it's easy for us to kind of really think about our spaces as something that is very temporary which oftentimes can connect to the idea that, well, why would I decorate this place? I'm not going to be here for very long. Like the next one is on the horizon. I'm going to be moving again. And uh, I myself moved a lot. Uh, I hate to, any form that I ever have to fill out that asks for my addresses from like the past five years, I'm always, (laughs) it's always a stressful experience. But um, I always do spend a lot of time trying to really kind of, make the place my own because I think it does provide this, again, psychological comfort in the new space, especially when we're just new to the area and we don't know many people, we don't have the social connection established as much. So maybe bringing some mementos about the people who did not move with us, right? And kind of remind us that no, there are other people in our lives. They might not be here with us physically at the moment, but they're still in our lives. We are still in their lives. And this is something that is still important. And we can also kind of capitalize on those connections, even if people are not with us physically. Um, So I think it is important to kind of get situated and really make your place a home, even if it's a temporary place. What is your relationship to hominess? Um, I did notice myself that when I think about like the most happiest times that I spend indoors, I usually envision the outside being dark. You know, when I, for instance, when I come home from a long day of work and my husband's cooking dinner and it smells like food and it's completely dark outside, but I have this like nice mood lighting, maybe some music is playing. And that is really the time when I'm like, this is a nice time to be indoors and really embrace um, your space and kind of share it with loved ones. You know, that sensation you're describing is probably familiar to most people in our audience, but I want to break it down just a little bit. What exactly about that moment is homey and how does it work? Yeah. um, So what makes it homey is that it's kind of an interesting combination of psychological and physical elements. So one of the things that people talk about when describing a place as being homey is that it 
feels lived in or it feels like it's a place where you have memory of being with other people. So in my example, when I said that, you know, I come home and my husband is there and my dog, of course, I forgot to forgot to mention the most important part <laughs> of the equation. Um, so it, this is a place where I share with them. Right. And uh, it has these memories and I'm also sharing it at that moment. So this is an important part of it. And sometimes for people who maybe live alone, that could be uh, reminders of other people like such simple things as photographs or mementos from some times that we spent together with other people that can kind of give us this psychological reminders of belonging with others, having those social connections that are so important for our happiness. You know, we've been talking a little bit about how creating an intentional space that's homey can help us psychologically. What is it actually doing? How does the idea of hominess affect our happiness? It is um, kind of the connection is um, that it does provide us kind of the psychological safety, mm. right? So um, when we feel like we can be ourselves, mm. where we feel like there is, it, we're, we're really just safe in many different ways, right? Kind of going back to what I was um, saying a little bit earlier about kind of bringing my students into my office, right? I want them to feel that psychological safety when they come in, right? I want them to feel like they can share their worries with me and that I will be advocating on their behalf and really hearing them out. And similarly, we have that in our own spaces, right? Is it, uh, and you can probably imagine, you know, if. Uh, uh, you think back on like, you know, maybe some of the different living situations that you might have had, uh, you know, throughout your life or, you know, when you just don't get along with like your roommate or something that can, it could be amazing house that you're sharing with that roommate. It could be so amazing and awesome. But if you don't have that psychological comfort when you go home and you know you might get into an argument with the person, you're just not going to feel that hominess at that place. You're gonna feel like this is something that I wanna to try to like maybe move, get out, or change something about that living situation. And I guess conversely, even if your space isn't a palace or perfect or the most beautiful walking in, you can intentionally create that hominess for yourself, no matter what that structure is in some ways. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and I think that is kind of the, the most uplifting part of the research uh, that I've done is that it really shows that it's, it's not about what, you know, the, somebody else's things your place should look like, or it's not about having um, the biggest house, the most renovated house, or, you know, the apartment with the best view or what have you. It's really about kind of making it your own and feeling comfortable in that place. Uh, space and really, you know, kind of embracing the time that you can have with other people in that space, because that seems to be a pretty important part of that as well. For people who feel down during these winter months, how do you suggest they start to improve their spaces for themselves during this last winter stretch? And should we force ourselves to make memories in our spaces? Maybe force is not not the right way, but we should we should strive to make memories in our Gently spaces. Gently prod ourselves. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, because uh, this is something again. It's very important to our hominess and. 
Social connections are just so important for our happiness. Uh, we know that research over and over and over just shows how important it is for us. And it's not necessarily about like the amount of social connections, but just having quality relationship where we feel like we're understood, we're connected. Um, there are people where we can count on, other people can count on us. So uh, I think one of the ways of improving our relationship and improving quality of our relationship is making memories with other people in those spaces. And again, during the time of the big dark, when it's dreary outside, it's much easier to maybe you know, invite people over instead of necessarily, you know, kind of meeting somewhere on the neutral ground and really inviting people in your space and sharing it with them will be a great experience all around for kind of hominess of your space, for your social connections and for your happiness. Yeah. And, you know, inviting somebody over is a great opportunity to create a space that you would like to share with someone. So really appreciate that, Mila. Mila Tatova is a UW professor who studies how people's relationships with places and spaces affect their well-being. Really appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez. The show is also produced by Claire McGrain, Brandy Fullwood, Vaughn Jones, Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers, and Jenny Cecil Moore. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.